Welcome to Him for Her Radio, women's hot topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Shug Burry. What happened if you say what you want? Hey, friends, how are you doing? I tell you, I am so thankful to be here. I have been looking forward to this show. Uh, my name is Sugbury, and I am the host of Him for Her Radio Women's Hot Topics. And we got a hot topic for you today, fresh off the press. This stuff is going on in and out of our daily lives, and it's about time, high time, we address it. Um, you know, you guys know that I take your topic ideas and we make them into shows. We bring in experts. We bring in people from the field. We bring in authors, speakers. And today we have a wonderful guest. Her name is Monique Dusan. Monique, welcome to our show. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so glad you're here. But the woman who introduced me to you is with me as well in studio, and that's Julie Los. Thank you, Julie, for coming on with us. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here. Julie, would you uh, just share a little bit about yourself for our listeners? Well, I'll keep it short. I'm a mom, a wife, and uh, I have three kids, and the God's Word is just so special to me, and I'm so excited to cover this topic through the prism of God's Word. Yes, amen. Thank you for coming on. You know, we were having coffee one day. We were talking about shows, potential show topics. And uh, she brought up the fact that Monique is a fabulous speaker. So then I have now officially, since then, become a Monique Dusan stalker. I mean, I have been listening to all of her podcasts and following her. And you know what, Monique? We have a common friend, Elisa Childers. I've had her on several times. And uh, you were on her show not too long ago. I got a chance to listen to that as well. And you guys made a comment during that show that caused the title for this show. And it's called, Am I Ashamed of My Skin Color? And you guys had talked a little bit about skin color and, and you know, that we're going to get to that in a minute. But I thought, that, well, that would be a topic in itself. And so we're going to do a two-parter on it, friends. This is going to be part one. I want you to listen to part two. But before we get started, I can't wait for you to get to know Monique. Julie, would you share a little bit about our guest? Absolutely. The Center for Biblical Unity was co-founded by Monique Dusan and Krista Bontrager. Their sisterhood in the Lord is the cornerstone of this ministry. She spent two decades advocating for critical race theory, known as CRT, but through a series of events began to clearly see the contradictions of CRT with the historic Christian worldview. Monique is now convinced that CRT is not the best way to achieve racial unity and actively speaks out against the use of CRT within the church. Her mission is to promote a vision for racial healing based on the historic Christian worldview. Monique has appeared on shows such as Relatable with Allie Beth Stuckey, the Elisa Childers podcast, and Breakpoint with John Stone Street. We're so happy you're here today, Monique. Uh, We're so happy to have you on Him for Her Radio. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm telling you, I'm so glad to be here and looking forward to the conversation. Um, glad that you guys saw me on um, my auntie. I call her my auntie, your auntie Alisa your, Childers. Your sister. Yeah, that's <laughs> she right. She is. Yes, yes. I'm just thankful for the the friendship that the Lord has brought about yeah. through, I mean, since our very first conversation, mm. which was our interview. That was the very first time that, that I met her. And, um, you know, from there, we've just 
really struck up a like a true sisterhood. Yeah. And I'm super grateful for yeah. her. You guys are powerhouses for the Lord. I mean, you're rocking it out there. I love it. I love it. You know, I, I, I normally would save this till toward the end, but I really want to talk about it right from the beginning. <laughs> Excuse me. Before we get into some definitions that I want to cover, I want you guys to know that she wrote this amazing curriculum. And the curriculum is called, if it, we're on YouTube, people, so come on. Uh, we printed this off. It's called Reconciled. And and this is the opposition or this is the difference from CRT. She's going to talk about the importance of that as we uh, follow through in this uh, show. But I really want to first get to a couple definitions. If you guys would bear with me for just a minute. In the beginning of Reconciled, your curriculum, you set down um, some guidelines for the groups. <laughs> this is meant to be studied in groups. And so she set a couple of guidelines. I've got some guidelines for today. I hope you're okay. It's my own guidelines. So listeners, do me a favor. John, you as well. Uh, do me a favor. First off, I want to apologize ahead of time. That's the guideline for any comments I might make without knowledge of offense. This is a very sensitive subject. I have been wo- born as a white woman in a suburb. So I'm here to learn along with you guys. And so first of all, there's got to be grace and there's got to be mercy today as we're learning here together. Um, it's a very sensitive and misunderstood topic on skin color. Um, and I think it's really important that we don't shy away from the hard topics. So we're going to start out with that umbrella as we ask some simple questions. So first of all, Monique, what is CRT, critical race theory? Critical race theory, and I'm, I want to preface this by saying I am being as charitable as possible to those who actually uphold critical race theory and, and or those who may be sympathetic to it. And I'm doing that intentionally because I don't want to misrepresent what a critical race theorist or a person who supports the framework may actually believe. Critical race theory was created by Kimberly Crenshaw, Derek Bell, and a couple of other legal scholars at the end of the 80s. And it was an analytical tool or a framework to be able to look into law and society and to see where there was still racial inequity and racial injustice happening in relation to things like power, um, economics, and um like law. So in in the judicial system, where are we seeing, um, where are, how can we take a critical look into society and see how racism is still allowed to, to flourish? And so that's what it is. Now, now I will, as graciously as I can, I, I will say that's what it is. You know, when we look at critical race theory, I can I can find it on the book, um, you know, on the pages of books and see that it was really meant to do to um, help us investigate racism in society. Here's the issue is that because of critical race theory's history in critical theory and critical theory's history in Marxism and having um, pulls from conflict theory and things like that, what we see is that the analytical tool also has the potential to be a movement. It, it has the potential to move. So while we have Kimberly Crenshaw and Derek Bell and... Um, believe Mari Matsuda and some of these other thinkers and um, writers, inventors of this framework, we do see, according to people like um, Stefanchich and Delgado, who wrote the book Critical Race Theory and Introduction, kind of as a primer to critical race theory, 
They say that critical race theory is a movement. It's like the very first, like, six pages of the book. And I actually, if you're not um, watching on YouTube, I actually am holding the critical race theory book, where by definition, critical race theory is a movement. It says the critical race theory movement is a collection of activists and scholars engaged in studying and transforming the relationship among race, racism, and power. So what we see is a framework that also has the potential to move and transform. Mm -hmm. And so while people say that critical race theory is just an analytical tool, something we see on paper and in books, we also must understand that there is this other piece that is meant to move and transform society based on power structures based on um, law and race and all of those things. And this is why we see a lot of upheaval within society, or we hear terms like um, power dynamics, hegemonic power, who who is controlling the power, racism being redefined as prejudice plus power, because it's a transformation of things like race and power. Mm. You know, uh, so you hear a lot about critical race theory entering into our schools and colleges, um, and you see it on sports teams. It's really, you know, been infiltrated throughout the whole world. What's the problem then with CRT? I mean, when you hear it and you read it the way that you had mentioned it, um, you know, it sounds okay. Well, that's up and up. But I, I, that sounds good. But, but there's more to that story, isn't there? Yes. And so what, when I when I look at the movement and when I see what the movement itself wants to do, and we can look at it as like critical race theory 2.0 or 3.0, depending on where you, you see the history. Part of the issue is this idea that um, I believe Horkheimer presented is that, you know, how humans can be responsible for their own history, how we get to to choose the history that that is that we are left with or that we present. Mm-hmm. Part of that is the restructuring or um yeah, I would say restructuring of society, you know, and how for for some we look at revisionist history. Well, right now, what we're doing or what I believe we're putting forward in society is a recreation of um, the good, true and the beautiful. Mm. As Christians, we look at what is good, true and beautiful. Right now, culture is wanting to present what is the good, true and the beautiful. And right now, what is good, true and beautiful is everything that goes against racism. I can agree with that to some degree. But we also must thread out, one, what is your definition of racism? Two, what is your definition of good, true, and beautiful? What arbitrates those definitions? And how do we move forward as people? We do not want to get to a place in history where the redefinition or restructuring of history changes the power dynamics so that... um, it is now a thing of black power and there is, you know, now all racism against white people. This is something that Martin Luther King also spoke out about. We want to make sure that, that we are not exchanging one evil for a, another evil. White racism toward black people is now being exchanged for, you know, racism toward white people by anyone who um, may have, you know, who may be considered a person of color. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. And so I'm sorry if it, if, if it, if it is heavy or, or weighty. No. Um, and feel free to push back and ask questions. Okay. So at one point, you had been a defender of critical race theory, which I really helped me learn from you because your perspective was so unique. What changed? 
what changed for me was yeah. just several conversations that I had with my ministry partner, Krista, and with um, an intern that I had at the place where I was working. Those two two people really helped me see the the tangible, like, this is what's happening Um to white people. So my intern specifically came to work one day crying because students of color were calling for the resignation of the president at her university of certain professors simply because they were white. And I investigated this and, and, you know, could see that this was like what she was saying was true. Wasn't there was no foundation for it, Mm -hmm. but because these people were white, they had power and the power needed to be overturned. Um, But more, even more so than that, I would say, it was the Lord and just different um, different encounters that he would have me have, like different conversations with random people or, um, you know, time in prayer where he would impress upon my heart, you know, like, well, the, the way that you've been looking at this Bible verse mm-hmm. isn't actually correct mm-hmm. and threading through that. I was in a seminary class where we went through Ephesians 2 mm-hmm. and you know, going through all of Ephesians too, and and just the book of Ephesians overall, you know, it it helped to kind of restructure the way that I was thinking about things and helped me to see that the the scriptures and Christianity actually do offer a better hope than critical race theory. You know, you had said in, in uh, an excerpt from Confronting Injustice Without Compromising Truth, and there's a, a bit in there that you wrote that I hope you don't mind if I share you talked yeah. about your family and how you disagreed on issues of uh, sy- system. I'm, I'm going to say that systemic racism. Why couldn't they see America as it really is? No, I believe your parents were white. Is that correct? No. So the family that I'm referring to is actually my ministry partner. I, they've literally like adopted oh, me. We are you said in, adopted, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, yes, we okay. are in life together, yeah. and. Um, And so what I couldn't see and what they couldn't see me recently at that time, I had recently moved home from South Africa and, you know, and conversations about how, you know, we need to make America great again. And systemic racism may not actually be a thing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, all of these things from my critical race theory view and lens, I was like, I don't understand why you can't just see your privilege. Why can't you just see the way that you're participating and how racist that is towards someone who has black skin. And how did God change that on your heart? Goodness gracious, through many conversations. Again, I got in conversation um, with, I feel like many different people. And so it it was, it was a plethora of conversations, but more so the Lord at one point telling me that I needed to repent of social justice Mm -hmm. and having no idea really of what he was saying, just knowing that there was something wrong and then starting um, my own quest into what what was wrong? Mm-hmm. What was wrong with this social justice narrative? What was wrong with critical race theory? If if I need to repent and come to an understanding that there is something wrong. And I think as I began that journey and looked at the early church and how the early church dealt with issues of um, ethnic partiality, I was participating myself in ethnic partiality and I couldn't see it because of the structures of critical race theory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I as I was researching and learning more about you, um, I loved when you talked about race in the Bible. Would you share a little bit about that with our friends? What does the Bible sorry, say about race? Um, is there racism in the Bible? And, and where do we fit in when it comes to the race in the Bible? Does that make sense? Awesome. 
Yes, yes. Okay. It was just a little um, breakup. So we in the Bible, there's no verse, as Krista would tell me, there's no verse that says, do not be a racist. What we do see is how we should treat one another. We can look in Ephesians 4 for that. We can look in the Old Testament law for that. How do we participate justly with one another? When we look at things like partiality and how God himself is impartial, how he is just toward us, he's not going to uphold the rich over the poor or the poor over the rich. We can see the ways that we should participate with one another. When we when we piece together certain sins, you can get today's version of racism. So ethnic partiality, slander based on someone's ethnicity, um, hatred based on ethnicity. You can look at different biblical sense to define or get the definition of what we would call racism. And you know what I love the most, um, and and Julie and I have talked about this, really our goal at the end of the session and this time that we have together is first of all to glorify God, but secondly to have people understand we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. And, you know, and, and yes, we're all sinners. Yes, we can't uh, ignore or sweep under the rug uh, things that have happened in the past, but we need to also keep our eyes focused on Christ. And you have said that so well, so many times on different uh, shows that I listen to. So thank you for that. Mm, thanks. Yeah, I, I'm um, definitely having a shift and and have had a shift. And Krista's really um, played a huge role in that for me. Mm. And that's the gal, correct, that um, helped write this with you, reconciled a biblical approach to racial unity. Where can they find this curriculum? You can go on our website at centerforbiblicalunity.com backslash reconciled, and it is right there. Yeah, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about it on the second half of our show, but I'm just going to bait it just a little bit to our listeners so that they can hear what types of things um, are in this. So what is the Ministry of Reconciliation? You, you get into that. What does it look like? What does it look like biblically? Um, the next session is... Who do you think you are? And as you discuss that, these are good, hard questions that people need to talk about together. Lesson three, what does it mean to be family? Lesson four, how do we walk in unity? Lesson five, what can we learn from the early church? And lesson six, whose responsibility is racial unity? And I think Mm -hmm. that you are really looking at this from a biblical perspective. You're looking at it from the love of God that he has in our life. Um, but there's a lot of us that have questions, and I'm just going to, you know, we, we have a little bit of time left for this first session. I, is it okay if I just hammer out a couple of tough questions? Yeah. Okay, so the first one is whiteness. They talk about whiteness. Is that basically all people of uh, different skin colors, or is it just white people? It's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. So whiteness being like a Western European Eurocentric way of thinking sure. and like doing life, participating in life. I am accused of participating in whiteness all the time, even though I have brown skin, because it's about the ideology. Mm-hmm. Now you can also have um, whiteness as as property. And so whiteness as property, you would have something that I don't have. So you actually have a skin color that I don't have. And mm-hmm. that allows for certain privileges mm-hmm. that I don't get to access. Yeah. But again, I don't see this in scripture. So, you know, I would, I would push back on that with how we treat one another in the church and what our, um, what our ideology is and our framework or come from in regarding this system. Well, and I have a question. You uh, um, mentioned reconciliation and I just and your study is called Reconciled, I just thought it would be helpful to just take a moment to 
define reconciliation and what does racial racial reconciliation refer to? We hear so much of it. Well, uh, racial reconciliation um, refers to bringing two groups together who mm-hmm. are, you know, not reconciled. And so in our current cultural moment, it would be black and white. But one, that creates a black-white binary. What about any other group that might want to be, you know, part of the party and reconciled together? Um And in addition to that, one of the things that I'm seeing regarding racial reconciliation is that it's a cover word for all the things that white people have to do in order to come together and have some kind of unity with black or brown people. That's a works-based mentality, a works-based ideology. We don't participate like that. When we look in the scriptures um, for reconciliation, a lot of people put forward 2 Corinthians 5.18, the ministry of reconciliation, and they will change that into the ministry of racial reconciliation. That's not true. The ministry of reconciliation that we've been given is to tell people that a way has been made back to the Father. That's the ministry of reconciliation, not the ministry of racial reconciliation. When we dig deeper and we look into Ephesians, we can see that our reconciliation back to the Father, when when we come into the household of faith, we are reconciled one to another. We become family. Supernaturally, that is our standing. And so I can look at you, even though you have white skin, and call you my sister and say that God has supernaturally reconciled us. Now, we can talk about how do we walk in unity? What does that mean? Fine. But what I can't say is that you and I are not reconciled, mm-hmm. that, that something supernaturally hasn't happened. But what is happening in culture is that, and, and adopted into the church is that there's this idea that because we're black and white, we cannot be reconciled until you do some work to let me know that you are sorry for your ancestors' sins of racism, whether or not your ancestors actually played a price in racism and slavery or not. How do you feel about mm-hmm. that generations later today about what you had just said about people feeling that they need to um, pay a penance for what happened, you know, multiple, multiple generations ago. What are your thoughts on that? Goodness gracious. Um, I, I don't see precedent for it in scripture from the new Testament perspective. I don't, um, you know, and, and I, as Christians, I see uh, a framework for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. As Christians, I see a framework for allowing um, the vengeance of God to be the vengeance of God. I don't um, now hold vengeance over all white people because of slavery or Jim Crow or, you know, any anything else. I say that I have come into Christ and according to 2 Corinthians 5, the old man has passed away and all things are now become new. And if you are new, how am I to hold you responsible for something your ancestors may or may not have done? That's Mm -hmm. a cultural conversation. Mm -hmm. And if culture wants to have that conversation, let them. We don't have that conversation in the church. Mm -hmm. Culture is always going to cult. And so... You know, I can't really stop non-believers from participating in a way that may be haughty or prideful or sinful. I can pray for them. I can evangelize. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, my marching orders must come from Scripture, and I participate with you accordingly. Amen. Mm -hmm. Well said. Well said. And we're going to get into that in part two. We're going to be talking about some of the current events that are happening today um, and how your curriculum addresses some of those things and what is our best approach as Christians as well. And friends, I want you to know um, that if you have not said yes to Jesus Christ, if you have not surrendered to him yet, I got to tell you, there's a peace there. If you're feeling hate, anger, bitterness, that's from the enemy. That's not from God. 
And so maybe today is the day that you surrender and say, yes, Jesus, I invite you into my life. I believe you died for my sins. You rose from the dead. And I want to follow you the rest of my days. And what Monique and Julie and I are all talking about, friends, is that once you have Jesus Christ into your life, once you've surrendered to him, became that new self, that new person in Christ, your life will never be the same again. You start to look at things through the lens of Christ. You start to look at people with the love that Jesus has for them. And we're all one race, all one race together as Christians. And our job is to be brothers and sisters in Christ. In 1 Peter 3, 8, it says, Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with one another. Love each other as brothers and sisters. And be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. Thank you so much, Monique and Julie, for coming on. Friends, stay tuned for part two. It's going to get hot as we talk about tough topics. My name is Sugbury. You know I love you. Over and out. Hey, ladies, this is Sugbury, and I'm the host of Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. I am so glad that you have found our show amongst the millions of podcasts that are out there. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, would you please do me a favor? Like it, rate it, thumbs up. We're on YouTube as well, so don't forget to find us there. You can watch our guests also. Please subscribe so you don't miss a show. We also have started Him for Her Crazy Testimonies. And each of our guests that we have on the show shares their personal testimony, how they receive Christ in their life. This is Sugbury. You know I love you. Over and out.